Hello, everyone, and welcome to Natural Geekery, a podcast about the multifaceted world of gaming, role-playing, storytelling, and creativity, as well as its vast community. This is Episode 8. I'm Brian. Welcome aboard. So today I had planned on doing uh, letters from my uncle, a little bit more of Calzy's story, episode two. However, that has not panned out. So today I think we're going to go on a little bit of a ramble, and I hope you decide to come along with me. We're going to talk about table dynamics uh, this time around, and this episode might be a little short. It may not. I always say that, and then it turns around and it's either right on time or over. So who knows? Let's see where it goes. Um, before I get into that though, a little bit of some announcements, um, I've got a new Twitter account that is, uh, now a natural geekery podcast, Twitter account. You can find that at natural geekery and there'll be a link down in the show notes, of course, on that one. So feel free to come join me there. I will be posting show updates, show notes, anything related to role-playing games, anything that kind of fits that mold. If I hear a cool news story or just pretty much anything, you know, in the realm of what we're talking about here, creativity, storytelling, role-playing games, and all that jazz, that'll be there on that Twitter account. So come on over and say hi. The uh, other thing I want to mention, I just want to give a, a quick shout out, a thank you to a friend of mine. You know who you are. You dropped a bunch of podcasting equipment uh, in my lap over the weekend and it's been amazing. That's going to make things so much easier moving forward. And I just wanted to take a moment and say thank you so much. Um, that's going to help out with the interviews, especially the in-person interviews. And who knows, with that equipment, I might actually be able to get a couple episodes of an actual play out if that ever manifests in the next, you know, six months to 10 years. <laughs> ten years. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. And that's about it for now. Um, today, I wanted to talk about table dynamics and more importantly, uh, something I call the contracts that are on the table. I'll start with a story. Uh, several years ago, I was running a fantasy role-playing game with a group of, I think, four to five players, and we were working really well together. Uh, we had several sessions under our belt but in this one particular session, they were um, things were getting tense in the fight scene, and they were going up against a big bad, like you do, and the combat had turned pretty nasty. Uh, roles were not really going the player's way, and things were looking dire, like I even as the game master thought we were going to lose a player in this one. Finally, one of the players kind of saw an opening, and they, they went into great length describing this combat maneuver that they were that was just perfect for their character to do. It was a perfect chance to show that character's narrative. It was a way to reveal like some of the character's training. He gave a very colorful and detailed combat move description. It was just, it was really great. And after he gave his narrative of what his character was going to attempt and, and to kind of do to put a kind of a final blow on the bad guy, the character, the other characters around the table cheered and applauded. I mean, even I was like, yeah, that's, that sounds great. So I set a difficulty level and had him roll, and he missed the attack roll. And he missed it by only a few points on the die. Now, this is where, as a game master, I have to say I'm kind of embarrassed, but uh, I did choose to stick to the die roll. I could have done a lot of different things with that, and instead I stuck to the game system and declared the action a failure. Now, what happened 
was that that completely deflated the table. The excitement that had been building was just kind of, it just everybody felt this this loss of energy around the table and the flow of what we had, even though it was a bad situation, even though it was a bad, uh, tense situation, we lost that flow by this one crappy die roll. Now, was that a faulty decision on my part? I believe it was. And I want to talk about why in a minute. Um, the players had a choice in that too. They could have decided not to be deflated, but, you know, this is an alchemical thing we're talking about here. This is something that you can't define by, by a set of rules or code. When, when the action is flowing around the table, it, it's an art form. So was that a faulty decision on my part? I think it was. And I think it was because I was um, ignoring what I like to call uh, an invisible contract on the table. And that's a contract of trust. When we sit down at a role-playing game table to play, there are a lot of expectations. You know, there are some very simple ones. We expect to roll dice. We expect to be entertained. We expect to hopefully laugh. We expect maybe some combat and having to make tactical decisions or making decisions with the abilities we have on our character sheet and trying to incorporate them in some way to help solve a problem. These are all expectations that are there. We expect to see the story progress in some way. And many of us come to the table with these expectations of what we want, but don't stop to think about the other expectations in the room held by the other players. Those expectations are part of this contract that I'm talking about. It's kind of like stage diving. If stage diving was kind of a round robin exercise where one person goes up on the stage and leaps off into the crowd and there's like a whole chain that forms and everybody in the crowd eventually gets to go jump off the stage and be in the, and crowd surf. And then when you're done, you stop and then you catch the next person. That's kind of how I see a really good role-playing game is people are going to take different uh, chances. They're going to take different turns at jumping off that stage and they, they want to be caught We'll go back to that in a minute, but the, the key element of the contract I'm talking about is trust. Now, in a healthy role-playing game, you know, it's, it's an unspoken contract that I will be able to trust the game master with my character's story, that I'll be able to emote and play through my character's narrative. In addition, there's another contract on the table which says I will abide by the other players and by default their character's contracts as well. You know, every player is trusting me to take care of their character as well as I want them to take care of mine. And that's when we get into what I'm talking about with the stage diving. On the, on the game master level, on the dungeon master level, you know, if I'm, if I'm running the game, uh, I'm being trusted not only with the player's character content, but that my work on the current adventure will not undermine any of the character's narratives. Instead, it will support it over time. You know, this could mean that the character goes through a rough situation, but it also, you know, it's in trust that I, as the GM, will offer clues and hints to the player so the character will be able to come out the other side and then grow from the experience. You know, the, the hero, I mean, any hero, any heroine, they may get beat up, captured, tortured, their family may be killed, all sorts of horrible things may happen to the character. And this is in any sort of fiction, any sort of story, you're going to see this, but an opportunity needs to arise for him or her to escape and save the day. So in return, as a game master, I'm trusting the players 
to move the adventure along. I don't want them running roughshod over my game world or to engage and run around with story hooks that, that don't make any sense for the game world I've spent a lot of time creating. We're supposed to be working on this together. I'm trusting them to help me have a good time as well and to understand that I'm not just here for them, but that we're all in this together. Now, there's also a small subclause in this and in, 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 in that contract of trust, and that's not to waste anybody's time. Now, as you get older, time becomes a lot more precious. And <laughs> believe me, that is so true. When you're younger, we all have these, these glamorous, uh, maybe not so glamorous, days of gaming, like weekends, overnighters, uh, filled 10, 12 hours of gaming. And as you get older and you have other responsibilities, you don't get that opportunity very often. You know, we are lucky to get four to six hours of in for a game that occurs once a week if we're extremely lucky, more like once every two to three weeks, maybe once every three months. You just never know. And it's just a lot more fun spending that time being aware of this contract that I'm talking about here and building an entertaining story together. When new players get involved, the, the contracts are often... They're unseen. They, they end up flying around willy-nilly. They never get signed. They, everybody just kind of goes their own way. One player may want to play an espionage game. Another player wants to build a tactical fighter character and, and constantly get into fights and spend all the time in combat. And then you've got another player at the table who's, who's wanting, you know, romance and kingdom building. And, and it's, you know, typically in place with young or new players. But I've seen veteran players completely disregarding this contract I'm talking about and going off on these tangents that they may work for the individual character, but they don't even attempt to sew that narrative into the overall story of the group, you know, and that can sort of mess with everything. It can kind of disrail that flow. And on the same side of things, I've seen GMs do the same thing. They get so focused on their story that they want to tell that they've worked hard on, you know, legitimately worked hard on weeks and weeks and hours and hours to, to tell this story and they don't want it derailed. So they can, and that's something you've got to learn to let go as a GM, right? We all know this over time. You've got to, you've got to create flexible stories. And that's again, part of that magical flow. You have to create a story that everybody's going to enjoy and you can't there are times when railroading is necessary, and we may talk about that in another podcast, but there are there are so many other opportunities if you if you build a flexible story instead of railroading uh, the characters into something. So, you know, overall, the best games I've been honored to play in are very, very aware, very cognizant of these invisible contracts that I'm talking about. There's a flow between players with the players and the GM. Players look out for other players, um, sometimes at the expense of their own characters. And it's all about the higher uh, good of the group or even better of the story that the group is a part of. If this trust is being observed, then this magical improvisational like alchemical brew comes into play and you know you're in it because you will lose track of time. A four hour game it will, it will go by in, in a finger snap. But then when you go back and you think about it, it'll feel like you were playing for maybe eight hours and you got so much done and it's, it's trying to grab that flow. I think we're all trying to look for it. Um, it might be this back and forth. One player may take the spotlight for a period of time, 
but then another player will jump in. People aren't trying to interrupt another player's scene. It's this recognition of this back and forth. Some people in improvisational circles, you know, they say, always say yes, never say no. I tend to go with a no but or a no and or a yes but or a yes and. I love those terms in role-playing games. We'll talk about that more later too in another episode. That's more narrative gaming styles. But then when you have these players giving this back and forth thing, you know, you might just have a simple conversation that says, you know, I see this next part being about about your character, not my character. I've been in the spotlight now for a good, you know, hour and a half or even 15 minutes let's let's turn this around what can we do to let this player have a shot at things and then you go back into the game in my experience these contracts are so important they are occasional moments when they should be recognized over the game rules and that's going back to my original story uh the easy way out from that example would be for me to blame the game system i could have said well it wasn't flexible enough i was just sticking to the rules they didn't give me an out but that's just shifting the blame from the real issue and this contract I'm talking about. Uh, as game master, you know, you can, as a game master, you can manipulate the rules at any point in time. I could have easily ignored that role and declared the action a success or even a partial success or even better, it was success with a cost. There were a host of other options, but instead, I opted to not pay attention to what was going on at the table and I got stuck in the rule mechanics. And unfortunately, you know, I have to think back and be like, wow, what would have, how cool would that scene have been had I just like fudged a little bit, if I would have let that go. Something to think about is something to discuss. Feel free to contact me on email or Twitter or whatever and talk about this with me. I think it's an important part of this role-playing game discussion. Now, there are a lot of ways you can kind of get into this flow on purpose, but that requires you stepping out of what you want for your character. Um, it also involves maybe stepping out and listening to what the GM is telling you. Look at the overarching story that's being laid out in front of you and see what maybe you could do to help the GM tell her story. What can What can you do as a character to kind of aid them along and let the game master have some fun. Alternatively, the game master needs to be doing that for the players. You need to be doing it for other players to other players, etc., and so forth. Look for the love and care that the GM has put into the adventure and the setting and use your character to let the GM know how much you appreciate the story. Now, don't forget, you know, if, if you're not seeing that trust, if you're not getting that feel, if your games that you are playing in are continually clunky or your character's getting knocked to the side, if you are not getting this flow that you would really like to have and you're not getting that trust from other players or even the GM, you know, then don't hesitate. Speak up. Say something. Uh, maybe you've already said something. And if necessary, maybe you have to walk from that game, which can be a pretty tough decision to make. But it's, it's up to you to, to be able to verbalize how you're feeling about the game. And as long as you're having fun, that's great. But if you're not having fun or your character's getting pushed to the side all the time, then that's maybe a discussion that needs to be had with the GM, either privately or maybe with some other players. Or maybe just probably the best way would just be to have a round robin table session. And, you know, if you, if you got to find another game, it's, it's going to be better if you do that because that next game might might be better or you can host a game 
that run it with your playstyle and try to get the flow that way. As a GM, you kind of have to walk this fine balancing act between the plot lines and the monsters and the setting and everything you've done over all so many hours. Um, and you have to balance that with what the players want. And you have to decide and work with uh, to make this to make this brew happen. If it goes with the character's story, let them let them kill that undead Lich King that you spent hours building and making up. And you know, I, undead Lich King—that's redundant, isn't that redundant? Let's just stick with Lich King. Yeah. So anyway, if if you have this Lich King, let them let them whack him, let them take him out, especially if it makes a good story, and then you can go back. And maybe add another element that maybe you didn't even see. Maybe something in the game inspired you to come up with a different big bad. Don't worry about it. This stuff, uh, creativity is free, right? And just remember, like I've been saying, you're here to work as a group together. So look around. Find those contracts around the table. Talk to your other players. Try to find ways where you can get this flow going and sign those contracts with a flourish and support each other around the table. I think you'll notice a huge difference in the feel of the game if you start to do this. And that's my ramble. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. It was it was a semi-ramble. I did have a blog post that I had written about a year ago as a, I guess you would call it an informal script. It's uh, called The Contracts on the Table. I'll put the link down in the show notes if you want to go back and give it a read. I just kind of used it as guidelines as I as I went on my ramble. So consider it my trail marker for my rambling ways. And I hope you enjoyed it. Coming up, we've got some more interviews. I'm going to do uh, letter number two from Kalzi. I hope you guys are enjoying that. As far as interviews go, things are getting scheduled nice and far out in advance. We're going to have a few more coming this way, including some remote interviews. So I'm looking forward to those a great deal. As always, if you would like to be interviewed on this show, please, please, please contact me at naturalgeekery at gmail.com, or you can find me on Twitter at the new account, at naturalgeekery, or you can find me at my personal account, at coyoteguy. Either one of those. You can DM me, let me know, or just respond to any of my, my tweets. And let me know you want to be interviewed. Uh, we can do a short one. We can do a long one. Um, if you're an author and you want to talk about a book you've just written, hit me up. If you are just a gamer and you want to talk to me about your character, hit me up. I want to cover a wide range and scope of how awesome all of you are. Yeah, so that's going to be the show. I hope you enjoyed the ramble. And feel free to contact me on any of the, my social media feeds or on my email account. And to finish up, don't forget, make a plan, roll some dice, have fun, and be a good person. But mainly, don't forget, you are needed out here. Thanks, everybody. See you on the next one. Bye-bye.